Good afternoon, everyone. And it's um, really a, a privilege to talk to you about a very small campaign that uh, we did, an endowment fund campaign at the Faculty of Law at UCT. And what I wanted to encourage you all with was that we did this with very few resources. You know, we start, we had uh, um, great success, but with a, a very small staff, as it were. There, we had a one person, 40% of whom's uh, position was fundraising, that was myself. We had about 10% of a dean. Um, but what I have to say about that was that the dean was the secret weapon. And this was led by the dean. Um, he was not only an alumnus of the faculty, but he's um, tutored and taught in the faculty since, you know, for 26 years. And so he's a much loved and respected prof. We had database support, and we did have two champions, those volunteer leaders. We also had a good product, the UCT degree. Um, at one stage, UC, four years ago or so, UCT is in the top 100 um, universities in the world. But as of two years ago, the Faculty of Law is actually in the top 40 in the world. It, 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 it does help an enormous amount for, um, for you to have a good productive base. The other thing, of course, is that there's a cohesion of small classes studying um, at the LLB. At UCT, the medical reunions have been very successful because you have a group of people who are with each other for six or seven years. And that would, of course, apply to engineers, and it certainly applies to law. And we had a vision that I'm going to talk about that people identified with. But um, I do have to say that everybody warned us that endowment was the most fun difficult to fundraise for. So we started in 2002, and this is where the Dean's vision came, because the faculty used its own prior reserves to, um, to uh, appoint a development and marketing manager. Um, and what I did in April of that year was to do a dipstick survey. I wanted to know just where we stood. And although people knew Prof Corder, nobody knew he was the Dean. Um, and, and there'd been minimal contact with their alma mater. And I want to say to you that if you're at that zero point, it's quite a good point to be, because you can only go up from that. In June, um, the, uh, the, the dean had an alumni dinner in London. At that stage, it was thought that, that our London alumni, because of the value of the pound, would be our major donor base. They've been an important one, but not a major one, but still it was a feasibility visit. And what it showed was that there was interest in the um, in the campaign, which I'm going to talk about. But the visit to the law firms showed that actually corporate success was unlikely to be the way forward, because law firms are about partnerships. And so if one partner gives to his alma mater, the, 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 he has to endorse his other partners who give to their alma maters. It, it, it was a, an area that we realized we wouldn't be able to use. Um, we did a second Zipstick survey in August, where in London I asked uh, alumni what they wanted of a newsletter. And they talked about wanting a meeting newsletter. They wanted updates in the field. Um, 
October was our first reunion, and again, that secret weapon I had, <laughs> Professor Corder, the dean, it was his class 25th anniversary. And we learned from that because we did quite a smart dinner off campus. And um, and that's the last time we ever did that. We we have brought um, alumni back onto campus because uh, of the nostalgia of the buildings that they studied in. One other activity that, um, that was finalized in that year was that two professors had written a history of the faculty. And um, we decided to include a role of all our graduates from 1919. And this made, um, this was the beginning of a really good database. Because I now use it as a Bible, because if there's a re reunion and somebody says, I wonder if, if so-and-so would be a good champion, I look at that and can see that he or she was in that year. But at the time, our database was very broken, so this was a, a very um, key element. And so from 2003 to 2005, we started this whole thing of friendship building. It's not, not about fundraising, it's about friend raising. Um, we, uh, we, and we also needed to build awareness of the current faculty. People didn't really know, as I told you, that first survey, people didn't know anything about us. Not any recent news. So we used an alumni newsletter and quarterly updates. We started these annual reunion weekends. Because the small, the faculty of law is the smallest faculty in the university, we actually only have, you know, a few graduates in each year. So we combine the 25th and the 50th and, and we seat, we seat everybody at a, a long kind of banquet table, but they are seated within their group. But what was interesting was that younger alumni would look and see, oh, well, that person is a judge president and he's part of my network. That person wrote the, you know, the, the, the books, that, the textbook that we use on criminology. So it, it's interesting because it, it does work having uh, different age groups. There was a development committee had been established, and 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 uh, I was tasked to revitalise that, and we formed an advisory board. The whole idea, uh, and I'll talk about the campaign because the campaign was about an endowment fund, such that the interest every year could be used for scholarships for students to be able to attract top um, uh, black South Africans to study law and to and to study at the University of Cape Town. And, um, and an advisory board, it was felt would be very important because that advisory board would approve the annual expenditure. And it's made up of um, judges and leading lawyers across the country. Um, and we started to develop our campaign materials. And um, what, what was, what was, what it was really all about was that South Africa was now 10 years into a fledgling democracy, and people were talking about the judiciary, about the judges. There were so few women, there were so few blacks, and um, or people of color. And so um, the whole the question was, how do you transform the judiciary if you don't transform the student body? So we mulled this around with the development committee, with the advisory board, and the phrase towards sustainable justice was something that people felt 
that they could, that that was a vision they could identify with. We were ready to go, and um, as often happens, you have all your ducks in a row, and, in a row and something happens. And in our case, the university was 175 years old, and they decided to go ahead with a chances challenge. And so the law campaign was put on hold. In effect, it was a blessing in disguise, as you will see, because we were able to tag, tag the campaign onto something historical. So 2007 was a whole question of re-strategizing the launch. And what it was now about was that um, October 2008 would see 150 years since the passing of a bill in Parliament to establish a faculty of law. And 2009 would see 150 years since the first um, lecture in law. So we were able to have a six-month launch campaign with events, uh, several events every month, and we launched it around what we called the Law 150. You can see the logo that we established for it. So the timing was a, was a really good one. As I've mentioned, our goal was 25 million. And um, one of the things that was interesting was to do a triangle of anticipated giving. And we expected to get a lot of money from small donors, small donors giving regularly. And, and it didn't work out that way. And I'm still not sure why it hasn't. And we have a young alum who keeps saying, you know, if, if everybody, if all 3,600 alumni with current addresses gave uh, 100 rand a month um, for 10 years, well, of course, we'd have a huge amount of money in the bank. But it, it didn't work like that. What We had more major gifts than we had anticipated, but I'll talk about that later. And our target audience, we had, after that 2002 dinner, decided that it was definitely an alumni-focused campaign. And that's why reunions have been so important. It was also alumni in senior positions. And the most important thing was that we were looking to prospects that were known to the dean and to the campaign um, champions. Uh, at the time that we were, 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 were doing our strategy, somebody said, well, why don't you look at the top 100 companies in the Sunday Times? And that sounds all very well. But in fact, if you don't have an intro, um, it's just a lot of futile effort. So a lot of it was about discussing with the development committee and, um, and the advisory board just who we could approach. Um, as I had mentioned before, uh, to do with law firms, we had decided that they were not um, a, a target uh, market or target audience. But what we did do was that dean, that uh, secret weapon, um, approach the large firms for diversity scholarships because the one million rand that we were going to spend, that we want to spend every year, is mostly for student scholarships, some for staff development, and uh, and something for the library. One other change in strategy was that our reunion weekend now includes an academy. Um, it's difficult to know how to do a reunion weekend. Um, we had a visitor from Lagos University, and they had a most amazingly diverse um, reunion weekend. I know that the medics have two or three days um, and they go to Robben Island and they go to a wine farm. 
for the law firm, for the law alumni, what seems to have worked is a dinner. But before that, an academy where professors give them an update in their field. And it's always interesting, we've got a wonderful old emeritus professor called Solly Learman, and she talks about um, the law of evidence and dolus eventualis. And you can, when he's talking, you can see men and women in their 40s sitting like, well, you can hear a pin drop. They, it's, they, it's reminding them of the principles and of what they had loved most about being at university. Uh, what was wonderful at that reunion weekend in 2007 was that it was Prof Corder's 30th. Now they were back five years later again. And Prof Corder had coordinated um, an open letter to the government, an open letter through um, the Cape Times of a whole group of uh, academics who were concerned about the separation of powers between the judiciary and, and the executive. And one of the alums who was attending, um, one of uh, Prof's um, classmates, um, he just put up his, end, his hand at the end of it and said, you know, I'm one of 69 million people in Britain and what I say doesn't count, but you're putting your money where your mouth is and I'm going to support you. And he gave us our first major gift, a million rand. It was absolutely wonderful. Um, and so 2008 is now the launch of the campaign. It's out, we're out of the silent phase. We're, we're continuing with our updates and we're planning for a gala reunion weekend. That was going to be the razzmatazz that Bethany talked about. Um, and because we were turning 150, we, we hoped to get 150 alumni. In fact, we got 175. Um, and the razzmatazz quite, um, fortuitously was that one of our alumnus, who you might all know as the polar bear because he's just swum the seven seas and he's a great environmental activist. He came into the faculty and said, I don't think you're doing enough. Environmental law should be compulsory. And Prof Corder said, I agree, but why don't you think about being the guest speaker at our dinner? And he was the guest speaker and he was quite a draw card. And what we had done in September, though, was that we had um, mailed out, this is the alumni newsletter that I've talked about, and this was um, the, the law review that was mailed out. We wanted to reach mailboxes by November because of people um, planning for the following year. Um, and we wanted to have top of mind awareness when we finally sent the ask. So then in November, um, having had a very successful uh, reunion weekend where quite a few of the alumni uh, committed to making pledges, we sent, this was the big thing, we all, it was, we wrote handwritten names and signatures on 3,600 letters. And I'm going to click forward to show you on the right hand side, there is, um, uh, th that was our kind of branding of the campaign and it's signed by Hugh Corder. And wherever he knew people by name, he um, he wrote to them by name. And I'm going to go back um, and talk about the fact that it was it was the best of times. Timing is always one it, it is always key, and, and for us it was fortuitous in one way. Um, the Constitutional Court 
in South Africa is now quoted as one of the most progressive um, constitutions in the world, and it is. But it, it, it was now starting to be quoted. People were recognizing it. At the same time in South Africa, there were cracks within this new democracy, and people were realizing that um, sustainable justice was something that was uh, a goal that was worth working for. But of course, it was the worst of times because it was in September. It was in September of that year that the global wobble started, and by October and November, we realised that it wasn't just uh, a temporary um, blip. It was here to stay for some years. But we had always said that it would be a five-year campaign, and so that's what we stressed: is that you didn't have to give a lump sum. That we were very pleased um, to have pledges. And so December came, and and, um, and I want to encourage those of you who haven't done a campaign yet, we were waiting with bated breath. I thought the letterboxes would be full, and they weren't. <laughs> we had quite, we had a low response rate to those letters. We had a less than 1% response rate. I can tell you that a Jewish organization here who we spoke to, um, and, and I'll show you what we did as a result of that, they look at a 10% um, return. I know that Mark's research thinks 3% is good. but So we we had to think about that, but whatever our, our way forward was, we want to be efficient administratively. We wrote written um, notes of thanks. We gave feedback. We invited people to events. We, um, we wanted to know our donors' first names, who and where they where they are, and and that we did right from the get go. So I just wanted to show you to go forward to this letter of 2010, um, which was our next appeal. And what we had done then was, you can see on the left hand side, we'd written the names of our advisory board and development committee. The sense of perhaps shaming people into saying, look who supports this um, campaign, and you should support it too. And again, we wrote, um, and where we didn't know their names, because the, the dean had changed, and Professor Schwickard didn't know people as well, but it was still handwritten. But I have to say that the letters of appeal were not as successful as we thought. Um, but to go back to 2009, we've got a six-month campaign continuing. And we had events in Johannesburg, Durban, and Port Elizabeth, as well as Cape Town, because we now had a new dean, and we were going to talk about um, our scholarships that we could now give, um, knowing that we had some money in the bank and that we, we, we were going to start spending nine million, uh, one million rand a year. So I just wanted to show you that was the big event. Um, in, in terms of UCT, that those jammy steps is a very iconic picture. It's something that engenders a lot of nostalgia in our alumni, and that was the event. Here we talked about um, staff development, and these were three of our young staff who were sent overseas to do their LLMs. These were visits to schools where we talked about a career in law and coming to UCT, and this was about extending our um, our library facilities. Those were the pillars of the campaign. And, and you can see um, we had handwritten notes as well. But as I've mentioned, those 
letters of appeal hadn't had the impact that we sought, and so it was time to re-strategize. And one of the things is about the budget you have. And so we decided that we were only going to communicate now with people for whom we had a current email because we knew they were warm to the faculty, that they had either been to an event or had sent in a name change. And what we had discovered on our campaign, and it, it is true for the full five years of it, was that there was a huge correlation between donors and people who had come to an event or a reunion. So um, uh, that was very, um, we knew that, that were, reunions were a key and events were key to a success because after, after every event or reunion, um, whatever we mailed out, we would get um, responses to. And I have mentioned that we had champions. Our two champions who were volunteer were Judge um, Dennis Davis, He's a well-known um, uh, personality in South Africa. He has his own TV show, but he's also a professor. And and we had uh, an, another wonderful leader in somebody called David Murick, who was chair of the development committee, but very well placed in commerce. And they gave us um, of their time, and it was absolutely invaluable. And I just wanted to show you that we we had identified prospects, and we were successful in six out of the eight that we went to, which I think is a very high success rate. And I didn't go, but it was Professor Corder and Judge Davis, or Professor Corder and David Murick. And who we got in the end was only one law firm. We, did, we knew that the law firms would probably not um, support us, but we got three family trusts from three alumni. We got one corporate trust. Um, uh, which was as a result of um, of uh, a personal friend and a, and a businessman. Um, and what was interesting about those uh, visits to prospects was that, that that gave us a lot of money, but it was what we call ring-fenced. So 25% of the money we raised in the end was um, ring-fenced. It, it wasn't that it was an add-on. It was that um, they gave to specific scholarships or they gave for a, a chair in corporate governance or they gave for a, um, um, a particular program. Um, but that is something that I just needed to talk about. And I also think it's important that we can say to our donors, the biggest contributors have been the faculty itself because that same secret weapon I mentioned that Professor Corder, he had um, started in 2002 professional short courses. Um, it, um, all lawyers um, need to, to keep their um, skills up to date and they come on professional short courses and that profit is fed into the, uh, into the Law 150 campaign. Just for interest, um, we uh, we entered our campaign for a, uh, for an award, and so we had to look at marketing costs. And it was that 3.6% of the monies raised in the first 18 months. That was the cost of our campaign. It was um, it was uh, so by all standards, it was very successful. So the campaign ran, ran from 2009. 
um, to 2013. And we started with 9 million in the bank from the silent phase. And by the time we got to 2013, we'd raised, we had 38.6 million in the bank. So we had exceeded our target of um, 25 million. And today we're sitting at 41 million um, in the bank, remembering, of course, that 25% of that is ring-fenced. It's going to be spent for specific um, purposes. And so we had a, a celebratory luncheon in 2013, and we wondered how to honor our donors, and we decided to use the new section of the library, um, and we wrote everybody's names on. And you can see where I have the arrow that those were the major givers but there was a wall that, com that, that covers every single person who's given to us. And it was quite an interesting test because we wrote to everybody and said, can we put you on the, uh, on, the, on, the, uh, on the wall and how would you like to be called? And one of our leading constitutional court judges came back and said, I just want to be known by my first and second name. And so we went back to donors and said, this is what, the way we think we're going. And in fact, they all agreed to that. So. It's, it's a very personal, personalized list. And the other thing that we did is, is, um, we spelled out what was, what we had used the money for because in the an, annual alumni newsletter, we included a bookmark and said, we, you did it. 27 million raised at that time and we supported 43 law LLB students, seven alums, seven LLMs, three PhDs. It was the feedback. And we had given 250 students meal tickets. This wasn't something we had anticipated in the beginning, but it just has become um, more and more important that that we uh, that there are students for whom the money doesn't come through on time, and we provide um, meals for them. And what to do beyond 2013? There was a great push from. <laughs> all the people who um, who I work with that it should carry on. And I was very grateful to Case for their, um, Case Africa, for your webinar advice, because we needed to end the campaign, and that was the advice you gave. It still remains open because the vision remains open, and, um, and also because some pledges are not necessarily in perpetuity, but they are uh, carrying on. And... Um, what is really good is that our honor roll, our honor roll will be updated with 13 new names um, next month. The other thing that is interesting is that reunions bring a 25% growth in new and current data. So our annual reunions are something that we will continue with. And what about the impact? Um, it, 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 I think the thing that we're most proud of is that 114% increase in the number of black South Africans. The students we've been able to give scholarships to come to study law and to study law at UCT. It's not enough, but it is, um, I mean, it could be much more, but it is something that is building. Um, what is interesting is that 74% of our endowment funds have come from alumni. They've come from individuals, which is how we had always geared it. Um, and although we have had some corporate successes, I mentioned, um, it, 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 it has been an alumni-based campaign. 
And um, that's how much we've given out, 13 million in scholarships um, since the start of the campaign. And um, what I think uh, is the most important thing really is that it wasn't about the 25 million that we said we wanted to raise. It's about the hundreds, the hundreds of students we've supported. And the most important thing is the impact that it will have on access to justice in South Africa.